Love City Arts Podcast. I'm Andre in the Flow. I wanted to create a space where artists could come together and encourage all of humanity through the arts. So welcome to that space. For more information, to follow my journey and the journey of all of our artists, visit andreintheflow.com and lovecityarts.org. Please enjoy today's episode and thanks for listening. of the East Village's eclectic scene. A lyricist and comedian with a heart of gold, she channels equal part courtly love and a gothic version of Olivia Benson from Law & Order. Rue has been working with Manta Ray Records recording and releasing new material, and her path has taken her into film and stage. She's been doing a lot of acting. Many of the films she's recently been in are currently in festivals. She has been nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy in Garbaggio at the upcoming Hang On To Your Shorts Festival in Ashbury Park. She continues gigging in all dives and shrines wherever she goes. Visit www.luvrew.com for more details. www.loverue.com Join me now in my conversation with Rue Star as we discuss what it's like to come from a long line of entertainers, following your breadcrumbs, and showing up in new ways for your life. Hi there, everybody, and welcome to the Love City Arts Podcast. It's Andre in the Flow, and today I'm joined by Rue Star. She's a singer, songwriter, and actress based in New York City. Thanks so much for being on the show, Rue. How are you? Thanks. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So as we do on all of our podcasts, let's start off today by telling our listeners a bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Rue. I was born in the Bronx, but I never really lived there. But I've been a New Yorker my entire life, even though I have had moments of living in other cities like uh, London, Philly, and D.C., I always was like a New Yorker in those places, which made me feel so happy because I always love coming out of the subway and seeing all the buildings. New York City relaxes me, and it's where I've been now for as long as I can ever remember. And I'm an artist. My grandmother was in vaudeville. My mother was an understudy on Broadway. My great-grandmother had a speakeasy on the Lower East Side during Prohibition. So it's just all in my DNA. And um, I have daughters that are both following it, too. So we just, you know, are a creative family by not choice. <laughs> it kind of picked us and we just I just think of me as always following the breadcrumbs because there's always some carrot dangling to challenge me and um I just follow the follow the dream wherever it takes me and it takes me a lot of times to very unexpected places and 
That's why I love the adventure. It's really an adventure of a lifetime doing art. I love it. Where are the breadcrumbs taking you lately? I know that I saw you doing movies, and I know that you have uh, like long-standing gigs throughout the city. Where are your breadcrumbs leading you okay. these days? Well, actually, it's kind of like an incredibly busy time for me, um, unexpectedly so, truthfully. I'm, I'm, even though like things always are happening, I never take anything for granted, and I'm always just like a little kid in a candy store, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's happening. Like, and people say to me, things are always happening for you, and I, I still never, ever think of anything as something that should be there. I always am just so... I don't know, like taking over. I just got my actually first nomination for Best Comedic Actress in an upcoming film festival that's going to be April 22nd in Asbury Park. Called Congratulations. To- yeah, it's called the Hang On To Your Shorts Festival. And since I've heard of it, a lot of people told me they've heard of this festival. And um, I'm just like so amazed. The The name of the film is called Garbaggio. And it was really one of the best films I've ever worked on as far as production, crew, equipment. Everything was done so well. And it it took, like, of course, like every movie almost takes a year for it to be out after you do the work. But this one has been getting into lots of festivals. And um, my co-star was nominated and actually won at a festival like a month or so ago and I was so happy for her and really thrilled and of course thinking like I know it has to be her because she's so great and of course in my little heart I'm like I'm happy for her but it would be nice too but you know and then all of a sudden they said we have good news for you you know you were just nominated at this festival and I'm like holy cow I just I'm really I'm I'm just you know it's a category with so many nominees, but I'm sure everyone is just incredible. And Mm. I really am, I'm excited to participate. It's the first time. So it's great. And that's, I'm I'm shooting this weekend coming up in another film. I'm playing a character named Vicky and I'm a crazy, crazy lady. That's the the CBL. And, uh, what type of lady? Crazy bike lady. Crazy bike <laughs> lady. Yeah, that's my character. I'm a crazy bike lady, and um, th- it's it's shooting this this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'll know more about it after it's done. But you know, getting costume and all that stuff together this week, and um, I have a lot of films that that I've shot that are now currently in festivals. A lot of them are in festivals. It's just so cool for me, like. Um, they're doing quite well. One is called Get My Gun. It's a horror film. I have okay. a teeny little part, but the movie's doing great. Um, another one is a documentary called Sista's Conversation. It, it's by this woman, Shelly Seashells, and she's just amazing. She's won some awards with her documentary. And then, you know, a few, of course, you're waiting for them to come back, so I'm waiting to see a few. One just came out today called Bear, and I have a tiny part. Wow. The film is amazing. So you're um, just constantly so working, constantly working. It seems like there's always something next, even when I have no idea what's next. But I audition a lot, and you know, I always like do my best that I can and see where it takes me. And as far as music, I, I was a musician first, and 
you know, I play locally a lot. I I just played this whole weekend too. Like I I'm I play in all the dives that invite me to play. I yeah. I play a lot at a place called Auto Shrunken Head, which is pretty much my home away from home. It's on 14th Street between A and B. It's a tiki bar, and I was there Thursday night. I'll be there again April 15th. I love autos. If you like tiki drinks. Even if you don't you and you just want to drink your drink in the coolest glass you've ever seen, they have it. It's it's such a fun vibe there, and Uh-oh. they're great. And I play um, at Sidewalk Cafe a lot. I'll be there. I'm playing uh, 420, which is an easy date to remember, at uh, Barrow yes, Electric. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like... You know, if someone asks me to play, I'll say yes. But uh, for now, I'm really, like, focusing on pursuing the acting because with the music, I've always been the one, like, in charge. Like, I'm in charge of the band. I was always in charge of the booking. And right now, I love not being in charge. I love, like, someone else taking the reins and me just showing up and it makes me work so hard because everything like with the music has turned into kind of like automatic pilot and like with the acting it's anything but because I have to use my brain. I have to memorize lines. I have to like Mm -hmm. be in it presently when I, you know, play my guitar, I kind of go into a trance almost, you know, and it's like, I mean, with the acting, you can go into a trance too. And I love when you do, but you really have to first get to the point where you can, I guess with the music, I'm already so at that point that like, yeah, yeah, there's a new freshness in the acting for you. So you're, you're, you're aware, you're, you're, kind of yeah. on, the, you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. You said things are but, always happening for you. Is that like a mantra that you have? Like, how do you stay in that space where you kind of just that that healthy expectation of, you know, things are always going to happen for me. Things are is that is that a thing that you do, or you just kind of well, scale? you know, well, um, you know, maybe so. I I do like to meditate a lot, and um, it helps me a lot. And I I've learned from other people's guided meditations mantras for me like there was this one guided meditation it's she she was the coolest lady but she had no funding and she had to shut it down and i i wish i had recorded her but there was this five minute meditation that i used to listen to all the time and you know i only retain whatever i can remember i i i forget a lot of things but the things i remembered from her thing was um i am worthy i am i am always able to um achieve any task at hand that has become like such a big one for me i say it, I am say it one more time to, really slow for our for our listeners sure i am always able to achieve any task at hand and um wow that is something that i repeat to myself when i can remember to as frequently as i can especially in those moments when i'm so and scared that I just say I am able to achieve any task at hand. And then I make up a bunch, like I make up a bunch like um, that I used to tell, I'm a mom, so I used to tell my kids things like, you know, um, I am a magnet to the best possible outcome of every situation. That's another Ooh. one that... Um, that oh, that's I, good. I, okay, say that one more, one more time too so the listeners can catch it. That's That's money. Yeah. I am a magnet to the best 
possible outcome of every situation. Yes. That's yes. Yes. And I hope that our listeners, when they hear that, um, realize that those are powerful words that when said can really change your whole outlook of your day, week, months. Um, it really aligns you with, with your highest good. So I'll be definitely saying that one myself. And I just try to remember these things because, you know, I'm a really good masochist. I'm a great masochist. And that's why also I put myself into situations that are really challenging because I don't know. You only, you're, you're only on this planet. We really don't know what comes next. So, I mean, I do believe in the everything, but, um, Right now, I've done a lot of things that I'm glad because it gives me material for songwriting. And now I'm in a phase where I feel like I've been really lucky a lot of times getting out of dangerous situations that I don't want to use my luck like that anymore. Now I really want to use it for my work. And um, and be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. first met you um, through the collective and doing the healing gatherings, there's a positivity and a light and a presence of positive expectation that just oozes out of your pores. There's, um, yeah, in your eyes, when I saw you um, at that church, I was like, look at this angel. And there's just this, this, this light of, of, something good is going to happen here. I can feel it, you know, coming from you, um, which of course put everyone in the space at ease. And of course me leading the whole uh, event, it just, it, it was a really, really good thing. But I have to also say that collectively all of those people have that. It was a really unique group of people to be around because I feel like everyone's light was turned on and it was such a safe environment for for the light to shine because everyone in your gatherings are so supportive and so talented and so different. And it's it's really like a motto for everything. It's just like I can do something totally different than you, but like we're both generating the same light in, yes. in every different form. And it's, it was just, it's like snowflakes. It's like every snowflake is so beautiful, but every snowflake is different. Yeah. Yeah. Unique gifts, unique abilities. Um, but, but similar lights. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So yeah. tell me about baby Rue. Tell me like what in, you said that your family, that you come from a long line of entertainers, 
Um, what were your what what were Baby Rue's inspirations as it related to music and artistry beyond like the family? Was there anything playing on the radio that you really got down to? Oh well, of course, you know, like of course I loved um, the Jackson Five. Okay, and um, I loved it, and Diana Ross and the Supremes. My little, I I always loved you know the radio, and I loved show tunes. Oh my gosh, I was like a show tune monster as a little girl. And I was very shy, believe it or not. I was like a really shy kid that barely would be able to sing in public. I was petrified of it. And my my um, brothers would always get like in plays and I'd be so envious, but I never had confidence enough to, to really get up there. I would do it in my room. I would be a secret secret singer. I would sing in front of the mirror with like a soap on a rope microphone. I had a microphone that was a bar of soap and I used to sing in front of my mirror all the time. And then I once had this babysitter who was a great singer and she made me stand on this platform with my bar of soap and she like would make me sing for her. And for her I would, but like for nobody else would I, would I. And um, I, I always really wanted to and then, you know, life took me on all sorts of twists and turns, and I didn't really meet anyone until I actually moved back to New York City. I had been living in Philadelphia, and um, and I met someone walking down Bleecker Street who I knew from Philly, but not really, just like from nightclubs and stuff. And she's like, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm actually from here. I was just living in Philly. And she said, well, this is my friend Paul, and he just moved here, and he doesn't know anyone. So Paul and I exchanged numbers, and um, I was in my, like, early 20s, and um, he moved here with a guitar. He loved the Ramones more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life, and said he what, moved what, here. He, what, what did he love? The Ramones. The Ramones. It's a band from the oh, 70s. They started okay. punk music. Joey okay. Ramone. He loved them so much that he moved here just so he could see them as many times as he possibly could. And he wanted to play guitar. And he looked at me and he said, I can tell you want to, you could sing and write songs. I don't want to do that part. And, and he knew, like, that's all I ever wanted to do. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to play the guitar and write the music. And, and he's like, I know you look just the perfect part. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So we exchanged numbers. We didn't even have cell phones. And we started meeting and started writing. And we wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote for for months until we got confident enough to go to an open mic. And we went to our first open mic and got it. And, and the guy running it gave us our first gig. And, and it's never stopped. Yeah, it's never stopped since then. And um, Paul, I'm, I'm sorry to say, is up in heaven. He died of AIDS. And, oh, um, but life, you know, he's with me all the time. And, you know, and, and since that point, you know, then I've learned how to play guitar because that's a whole other story, but blah, blah, blah. I was like the singer-songwriter for a long time and um, felt so codependent that I had to learn how to play my own songs. And, and I finally did. And then I like quit my band very cockily and realized that, you know, now it's, I play with the most incredible musicians, but now if somebody can't make a gig, I'm, I'm fine with that. That's where it's always my name out there, not theirs. So they can say, Oh, you know what? I can't make it. I can't do that. 
So I've yeah. learned how to be able to depend on me, even though, like I said earlier, I love the now like working for other people because see, I know the other side so yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are constantly saying to me, "Why are you always on time? Why are you always like?" professional and it's like am i like i don't even realize it it's just because i know what the other side is and that's why for me it's really easy to be like that and um it's it's really important i think that that has a lot to do with why i'm getting a lot of work yeah yeah you re- you respect the craft um yeah. hopefully and i respect who's running it because mm-hmm. i know what they go through and that's it's amazing. like a lot yeah, you and I know you know what I'm talking you, about. You know, I know when I when we arrived into this call and you were um, a minute early, uh, several minutes early. I was like, oh, you know, like yeah. knows. Look, that you were my magnet today, and that uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, See, I'm always on time. I'm I love on it. Time to a fault. I always feel like I, I'm never fashionably late. <laughs> So in addition, but quite fashionable you are indeed. Yeah. Um, no, in addition to being on time, what do you feel is another one of your life's mission? Well, you know, I really do have a hippie heart and I don't mean hippie and I only mean it in the peace and love way. I, I really, I'm, I'm always saying that I, I'm an optimist or I live in total delusion because I don't know. I really do believe in the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for everyone. And I just, Mm. I work with kids. That's my day job. I do sing along like in nursery school and I, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my, that's my, that's my, those are my people. I work with little children. Like that's what I've been doing for years. Um, After I taught myself how to play guitar, I got asked to do a kid party and I didn't even know one kid song. And then um, the woman was like, they're going to pay. And I'm like, Oh really? Give me a night. And I figured out like, you know, I, I, I figured out like I didn't realize that every kid song is like three chords, which is like how I write music. And I, I did the party and people were like, do you have cards? And I was like, Oh, I forgot my cards. And that night I made kid cards and I've been working in nursery schools ever since. And um, these little kids, that's where I feel like I, I get paid to practice guitar, like as a gift from the universe, like, and working with the kids, you see diversity and you see everything. You see how they all love each other. There's no lines anywhere in these classrooms. And I work mainly um, with like Two years old, it used to be like three months old because I was an early head start singing to the babies. But now I work mostly with from two to uh, five or six. And then mm-hmm. I teach I teach beginner guitar in after school from like six, seven-year-olds to 10-year-olds. And um, I'll tell you, from, from zero to 10, kids get along. They don't care what you look like. You know, it might be a personality conflict, but... They even are honest about that. So I feel like why I, I just believe that the world has potential to get along. I just, I, I know I'm a dreamer, and, and that's just, I don't know. I, I wrote this new song called Bob Weller. I, I don't know. I'm, like, addicted to Bob Weller right now, and it's in the tiny 
Uh, NPR does an annual contest. It's called the Tiny Desk Contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still enter. People can still enter for the next like few days. So I sent in my 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 entry, and it's Bob Weller, and it's it's comical. It's it's like satire, but funny, and um, I have to send it to you. And it's like I will. politics but please just get a chuckle out of my Bob Mueller song and people then go really crazy about politics like by just even saying I don't know what your politics is they start telling me it and I realized in the last few days that my politics is love peace chocolate and no calories that is my platform wait 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 okay I was with you with the the love peace the chocolate now how does no calories factor in you just I love food and I hate <laughs> calories. So you just don't believe in them. You're just gonna like take them completely out of the <laughs> I do. I want to I'm a foodie calories. too. Yeah, I, I just wanna really like not make food a guilty thing. I, I, I could feel more guilty about food than I can about many things. And I What's don't wanna favorite? be like that. Oh my gosh. I just love so many things. I okay. I probably I have the my favorites are things that I probably can't eat anymore because you know, it's dangerous to eat, but I, so many things are so good. I mean, luckily I love vegetables and I love tofu. I love that stuff. Okay. But like, but you know, I could love oh, chocolate, cannolis, all anything, the things, you know? all the things. Oh my God. Whenever so I go good. to pick up my food from the takeout on the block of where I live, they always ask me, uh, sir, um, do you need uh, two chopsticks or sir, do you need two forks? I'm like, oh, no, just one. All of this food's for me. <laughs> oh, that sounds like good. I like all that food too. Of course. Yep, I'm, I'm, love, eating, I'm, I'm eating everything. Um, so good. So tell me about, uh, um, a time when you made a comeback where you were temporarily knocked down and you were like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation and you bounce back. Oh, that happens many, many times in my life. But the thing that just stood out for me right now is um, my brother passed away. Mm. And, um, um, you know, I, it's kind of a weird story, but like, you know, I, I like, I, I don't really drink anymore, but I did drink a lot at certain times in my life, and I partaked in a lot of experimental adventures, and yes, I'm grateful for them to a degree, but, like, you know, once you know that it's not good for you anymore, you can't unknow that. So, like, my brother was sick for two years. He, he did have AIDS, and so for two years, um, it was pretty challenging, and it was weird that I stopped drinking during the time he was sick. And when he passed away, I had been working in a nightclub called The Ritz at the time. Okay. And, and like, 
I had such full access and everyone at the Ritz didn't know, like they only knew me as this like girl that didn't drink. Like she, like I was like the girl that they didn't know, you know, cause I had been in Philly right before here having a wild time in Philadelphia, come back to New York, a little bit wild, calm down, blah, blah, blah. My brother gets sick. I'm totally sober at the time. He like passes away and when he was the first person that ever really got me drunk. So when he died, I felt like he was telling me, drink, drink. So when he died, I started drinking a little bit. And then it was like the Ritz had a big Christmas party. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was not utilizing these bars for so long. And the only thing that will will stop me is, you know, if I get pregnant. But if I don't get pregnant, I'm going to just be an alcoholic again. Meanwhile, three weeks later, guess what? I was pregnant. That universe did not want me to go down that path anymore. So um, I was almost like, wow. So my kids came that I had my first. And (laughs) and I'll tell you, that bounced me back pretty fast. And, um, you know, being a mom, like you really want to be a role model. So like it just ended a whole path of life and started a new one. And and, um, I have two amazing daughters that, I, I I am wowed by every single solitary day who are now like, you know, artists on their own merit. And I'm just like in awe over these exceptional human beings, which brings me to the fact that I, I knew my kids were exceptional and I had faith in the future because I see their generation. And now with what's going on with the kids taking charge, these Florida kids, I'm just... The kids today are are blowing me away. And yeah. like I said, I, I work with little ones, and I, I sometimes think to them and go like, you know, you're the future. What are you going to do with our future? Are you going to save the world? And now I know they will. And they it's will. so refreshing. It's so refreshing seeing these children doing what my generation was not able to do. And yeah. um, it's really they're, they're showing. me. I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're showing tremendous courage and just unapologetic, oh, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's very inspirational. So... It it does plant seeds of hope in my heart, for sure. Me too. Um, wow, wow, wow. Okay, so we talked about your earlier about your shows coming up on the 15th and on the 20th. Where can uh, our listeners find your full schedule? Is there a place online where they can look you up? Well, yeah, of course, I'm on Facebook and all the other places that you can think of, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But I do have a website that um, Love Rue, it's L-U-V-R-E-W dot com, Love Rue dot com. And it has like little pages. You have to go to the page that says Rue's News. And uh, that usually has what's going on as far as up-and-coming films and gigs and it changes like it used to be weekly you know i put i i change the ruse news you know every week or every other week and it has all the gigs that are going on i'm playing also uh march 30th and 31st at uh i'm the musical entertainment during intermission at a show that's called erte it's i-r-t-e and they do an annual thing at the producers club on West 44th Street. So I'll, I'm going to be there for two nights. And it's pretty, they, they are an amazing theater group. 
they they put on like incredible plays every year and um and they somehow keep asking me to come back and do intermission. So I'm doing that and, and, and it will all be on Love Rue in the Ruse News category. Awesome. I know that you're gonna have a blast and I know that the audiences are gonna love you because you're just fantastic, <laughs> Rue. You're just the best. Well, best it takes best. one to know one, Andre. Well, I, thank you. I um I have some uh, fill in the blanks for you as I close the episode. Um, And so just give it your best shot. Okay. So love is blank. Love is that feeling you get when you see someone or something and your insides just start giggling and, you know, your whole body starts shivering and, and it's just the most magical feeling and it's something that we're lucky to experience. Wow. 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 Yes, we are. Joy is blank. Joy is my middle name. And uh, (laughs) it is on my birth certificate. Joy is my middle name. This, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. (laughs) Freedom is blank. Freedom is the day when we don't have to worry about not having freedom. Freedom is the day when everyone can be proud to be who they are. Freedom is the day where we are able to have conversations with people that we disagree with and drink tea and honey together without getting upset or mad and just accepting that we don't all have to have the same opinion. And freedom is what I learned from my dog who goes down the street and sniffs another dog. And if she likes it, she stays there. If she doesn't, she walks away and says, okay, I'll go find a dog that smells good to me. And you go find a dog that smells good to you. Have a nice day. And that to me is freedom. Give it up for Jaja Gabon. Yes, my little Jaja. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you, Rue. I love you so very much. And I thank you for coming on the podcast today. Like, this has been a treat. Thank you, Andre. I really love you with the same right right mutually. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful evening. And I look you, forward to hearing you. You too. You too. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to invite you to like, share, comment, and tweet about this episode. Your comments help me to make this podcast the best that it can be and continue to share the love. Don't forget to pass this episode on to someone that you may know that might need an extra pick-me-up as well. Also, feel free to visit lovecityarts.org. We've got more episodes, monthly giveaways, upcoming in-person events, uplifting blogs, and a book club on the way. Love City exists to uplift artists, the ones that love them, and the inner creative genius in us all. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned for another uplifting episode from the Love City Arts Podcast.